0: i'm the sexy gremlin from gremlins to the new batch
1: and i am e pluribus uma thurman from many uma. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> and welcome to planet of the meerkats <laughs> So it's funny that you sent me that um, Joe Rogan meme, because I was just thinking about Seth Rogan while we're on Rogan's. Nice. I saw that Seth Rogan started a marijuana company. Shocker. And he also, (laughs) he also has gotten really into pottery. So, uh, you know, I'm a potter and I was throwing stuff today and I was like looking at his Instagram. His, his aesthetic is very different than mine, but he's been making these little joint holders. (laughs) They're like, they have this like little, they're like a cylinder with a little tray on top. And I was like, oh my God, that's genius. People around here would buy the shit out of those. So I spent my afternoon making joint holders. Nice.
1: Well, you see, and my thought for first thought with pottery wasn't joint holders, it was
0: bongs. A bong seems really complicated to make because you have to that's get true. the you have to like have the have it like the little insert piece that the little metal bowl thing has to go. That seems really hard. What and if it costs too much, people are just gonna like carve out an apple. Exactly. What are we talking about today, Dave? We're talking about toys, like kids,
1: toys or adult toys, kids, toys, adult toys, but not necessarily sexual adult toys. We're talking mm. about. Cause the, 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 the dividing lines between what toys are for kids <laughs> and what for toys are for adults is really blurred. Um, totally. We have a bunch of grown up kids now in like their forties. Mm.
0: <laughs> yeah. I think it's, I think it's like, it has become okay to play with toys throughout your whole life. And in fact, some people, I think, take it pretty far.
1: I have graduate degrees and I hold a good job and I have a mortgage and a family. If I want
0: to buy a damn Lego set, I'm going to buy a damn Lego set. Yeah. Hey, no judgment here. I think we wanted to start by talking about how shitty toys were back in the day. though. <laughs> <laughs> I got to say, you put a list of toys back back in the day. And the one that sticks out to me
1: is the invisible dog. And that's so true
0: because <laughs> I every kid had an invisible dog at some point. <laughs> I had an invisible dog. The year it was 1993. Uh, we were on a family vacation at Disney World. I bought the the leash that yes. had the the harness, <laughs> but no dog in it. And it was like the summer after Wayne's World had come out. So I named the dog Sphincter. And the whole my, like the whole trip, my family was like just making fun of me. They were roasting me because I Sphincter. had an invisible dog. Sphincter says what? <laughs> what? <laughs> Slinky? I mean, come on! It's a coiled piece of metal. Slinky is kind of dope though, especially if you, you find like a really, really long set. Like if you go to the exorcist stairs, I bet the slinky is amazing. So so silly
1: putty, both my kids at various points have really liked silly putty. And at one point I got really excited. So I was like, oh, we got to get, we got to get a newspaper and when I can show you how the print comes off, I didn't have any newspapers. (laughs) Like I literally did had zero newspapers in the house. And that's just (laughs) a big change from when I was younger, where there always were newspapers around and magazines. It doesn't work. What else can you do with silly putty? (laughs) <laughs> Roll it into a ball and amaze yourself at the the
0: perfect spherality of the silly putty ball you've made. I think Lawn Darts predated us a bit and they probably got outlawed around the time that we were kids. But I definitely remember in the early eighties playing this game. Oh yeah. Literally you just throw a spike in the air and run. Maybe it was like maybe it was like proto-javelin or something. Uh, we got the we got the snake in a can. That's which was only i mean that was only good for
1: tricking people and really only good for one one time because eventually after that people would
0: notice hey this isn't a real can of but it's so stupid because it doesn't of, even look of- like a real can of nuts it's like yeah. <laughs> it looks exactly like every fake can of nuts like you at least got to put it in like a planner's thing or like a that would be like a whole foods uh 365 brand uh <laughs> can of nuts <laughs> uh harmonica you can you can sit on the dock of the bay and and play the blues oh man have you
1: ever heard a kid with a harmonica
0: makes you want to scratch your eyeball yes dude my kid has a harmonica
1: (laughs) dad listen (laughs)
0: i'm I'm so good at this (laughs) i like how i put dominoes on here like kids play dominoes in fact all kids do is leave them around the floor so you step on them
1: what's the slang for dominoes is it
0: bones bones yeah yeah (laughs) everything i learned about dominoes was from uh warren g videos (laughs) Domino's is like a poor man's Mahjong. (laughs) A lot of this stuff was like pre our generation, but in our generation, we, I think we're just expected to deal with our own shit. Like our our parents were like, use your imagination. And so we built like this giant Jurassic Park compound in my backyard. Did you ever get in trouble for that? It was a pretty big hole. No, I don't think so. It's pretty cool. (laughs) I mean, it was, it was my parents bad for not doing any landscaping. Like you leave yeah. a big giant dirt patch. What do you think going to happen? <laughs> I think the best part about it is that we had all these little cardboard signs. Yes. Like we had them like on toothpicks. And we didn't it have was, Jurassic
1: Park figures. There were no Jurassic Park toys. Is this matchbox it was like
0: cars? Matchbox cars, GI Joes, dinosaurs. Yeah. Totally DIY. It was amazing. What were some other toys that we had that were kind of awesome? Matchbox cars and Hot Wheels. I remember... You remember the big big wheels the big three-wheel yeah. giant
1: tricycles i remember getting yeah. run over by one of those like it, <laughs> I, I was running in front of it and tripped and it literally just ran over the right over the top of me <laughs> and i just caught my back up and dusted
0: myself off one of my favorite memories of living in san francisco was on potrero hill i don't remember what day of the year this happened but there was an annual big wheels race down the hill like adults mm-hmm. riding big wheels <laughs> and it was just like total chaos. I don't know if they still do it but it's amazing. Like the kid-sized big wheels? Yeah. That's amazing. <laughs> Nerf guns the in their earliest iterations were definitely our age, but we also had super soakers. We had the beginning of of the super soaker. We had a lot of gun type toys. So I remember right before the super soaker came out there was a brand
1: of squirt gun called Tech. And they were black and they were designed to look like real guns. So you could get like the Entertech Uzi or the Entertech M16 or the Entertech pistol. And like they literally looked like you were, you just like walked out of a gun shop with like a a, a real firearm. And I had a friend who had Entertech and he was all proud. And I bought a Super Soaker and we went out to play squirt guns out in the orchard. And (laughs) he starts shooting the Entertech gun out at me. It's like, any any It's just a little squirts. And I just wow. fucking drenched the motherfucker.
0: Wow. <laughs> the sniper choker was no joke, man. <laughs> it lived up to its name. Yeah. Miniature baseball bats. Remember when this was a thing?
1: Oh yeah, you'd go to the baseball game <laughs> and they would like literally give you a weapon to
0: leave with. <laughs> <laughs> I'm surprised more people didn't get the shit beat out of them at baseball games. I had like quite a collection of these. And my house said so had like, the living room had big vaulted ceilings and then there was a wall where the second floor was. And so it was like perfect yep. because it was like something to aim for. It was like <laughs> at Fenway, like the green monster. And so we would play home run derby, right? And throw in little tiny house. plastic, little tiny plastic golf balls in the house, and you'd hit them with these mini bats. <laughs> it's just a total recipe for disaster. My cousin Nick threw the bat on accident and it went through the wall. <laughs> And then one day my dad accidentally swung and shattered the fireplace glass doors. It was... That's classic Tony freeze. Yeah.
1: Well, and I remember the bats always had really weird branding. It would be like mm-hmm. you'd get the bat and it would say the team name and MLB. And then there would be like the Cheetos logo would be yeah. would be burned into the side or AT&T
0: or something. Brought to you by Clorox. Yeah. <laughs> As a kid, you'd be like, why? <laughs> like, what does this brand have to do with this bat? Like the idea of corporate sponsorships was like still kind of new in sports. Yeah. Although I do remember it
1: in T-Ball, we, our, our sponsor was Chevron. And so we had alternate Chevron hats. <laughs> They're like blue with the Chevron logo. The Chevron <laughs> Chevron on the... <laughs>
0: I'm not front of that. Even though we were Phillies and we had a green uniform for some reason. Speaking of uh, of baseball, remember the, the little tiny baseball helmets you could get filled with ice cream? Oh
1: man, and you never knew what team you were gonna get. So you would literally have to go like 30 times to get ice cream <laughs> if you wanted the
0: whole wanted the whole collection. But you'd never get them all. There'd be like there'd be like some that were rare that we just never find. Like you'd never find the Yankees. Oh yeah. You'd have like an expos and a Reds one at home. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> which the Expos one would be super cool now because it's like now that hat is like in retrospect. It's awesome. It's a classic design. We yes, didn't appreciate it, did. it as kids because the Expo yeah. sucked and it was Canada. So,
1: yeah, I mean, what the hell is Canada doing in our <laughs> baseball league
0: anyways? <laughs> Stick to hockey, so, Canucks. So moving on from the, the kid uh, toys of our childhood, what are some bad toys? So I went and did
1: some research and I'm going to, I'm going to hold these up to the camera so you can see them. Okay, this is a (laughs) baby's first baby that comes with a baby that is also pregnant. Wait, what?
0: (laughs) We'll put pictures of these on the website. Oh my God, that's so messed up. It's like, that's baby's baby's pregnant
1: too. (laughs) So this one is bad because it doesn't have anything to do with the point of the toy. But I remember seeing this one in person and I've kicked myself ever since for not buying it. This is the Outdoor Hero Spider-Man collection, <laughs> where Spider-Man comes with both fishing and archery attire. <laughs> and, you know, Spider-Man's one of those superheroes, he doesn't need anything. Like, he he literally has all of the powers he needs to beat anybody ever. <laughs> Uh And so, yeah, he doesn't need to be an archer or go fishing. But, hey, you know, I'd said say that if Spider-Man was going fishing he would be wearing his Spider-Man suit under his fishing
0: vest. <laughs> like he would go out as Peter Parker. Yeah. <laughs> Can you imagine you're down at the fishing hole and you're just like, you're casting your line and you look across the water, <laughs> Spider-Man like dressed up in, in some waders. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, guys <laughs> like buddy, it's 98 degrees outside. Come on. <laughs> okay. So
1: this is part of the, we're going to have, we're going to make toys out of something and make toys out of literally every character. Star Wars was really guilty of this. But this is the worst one I could find. This is Toon Burn, April O'Neil's boss from <laughs> Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. <laughs> he's overweight and he comes with a sandwich that he's eating and a giant chicken leg. His belly's like phone, bursting
0: out of his shirt.
1: Yeah, a typewriter and like a <laughs> megaphone. So I guess he could yell at April. Oh, and there's a press pass too. Um, okay, there's a typewriter. They
0: haven't updated this yet.
1: Nope. No, it was a it was a typewriter. You can see it on oh, the man. corner there. Okay, here's another one. And I showed this to my kids and they actually thought it was a really good <laughs> idea. As a dad, I didn't think it was a good idea at all. The daddy saddle.
0: Oh my god.
1: <laughs> and it was a saddle that you literally would put on daddy. So he could crawl around on his bad knees and uh, you could enjoy riding on daddy's back. I don't know why you need a saddle for that, but whoever invented that should go straight to hell right now. So this and we'll put pictures of all these on the website, but uh this is the ET finger light. So you put it on your finger and it lights up, and I guess you could pretend to be Jesus or something and like heal people. Okay, this is this is this has my vote for like the worst conceived toy. This is the atomic energy lab that actually came with radioactive uranium.
0: And Wait, just, what? <laughs> what? <laughs> how how much? I'm sure
1: not a lot. And you can still buy them on eBay for like 500 bucks. Like it's a big collectors item now. But yeah, the atomic energy lab came with radioactive uranium uh so you could perform nuclear physics exper- experiments, which is just um, incredible. Yeah,
0: what if you bought 500 of those? Would you have enough uranium to like Wait, well you showed me the uh what's that? Is that a stick up duplo? Yeah, you know it's Playmobil. No,
1: it, it's Playmobil. Robbery.
0: Right. Yeah, robbery.
1: <laughs> which recently they had a Playmobil airport security checkpoint, which also could have been on this list. <laughs> it's like uh you gotta pretend your Playmobile person is, you know, being uh
0: randomly selected to be frisked. One time I was at the toy store with Marlo and I was I was she was looking at whatever and I was in the Playmobil section because Playmobil is actually really funny. Like oh, the scenarios cool the scenarios are amazing, but yeah. they had this one of a guy like um next to a um like a shawarma mm-hmm. stand. Nice. Like like slicing meat off of the <laughs> off of the I forget what you call it. But I was like, so I texted my friend Dario, who's a cook, and he was like, I need you to buy me six of those. And I was like, (laughs) like, are you joking? He's like, no. So I like walked away with (laughs) six Playmobil shawarma guys.
1: Not going to lie. If I saw the shawarma salesman Playmobil set, I totally would buy that. That sounds really dope. I
0: feel like Playmobil has more random stuff than Lego.
1: Yeah. Well, um, it's European, right? It is. Yeah. And they've recently released some pretty cool Ghostbusters stuff. You Ooh. could get the firehouse and ecto One and stuff. Nice. Okay, so this one, this one's going to be controversial because I think people have good memories of this, <laughs> but uh, I have it on good authority from my daughter Abigail that this was actually, this is actually terrifying. So Teddy Ruxpin. Mm, yes. And you could put any tape you want inside his chest, and he would mouth along with it. So you could like make him mouth along <laughs> to like death metal or something. NWA. <laughs> Okay. Oh, it <laughs> comes straight out yeah <laughs> okay this gets, this has the designation of the ugliest toy i was able to find oh god dolem wow <laughs> like who would buy this like would a child want to cuddle with this i don't think so <laughs> okay this was a mcdonald's toy and it was from the movie shark Tale, and it's a jellyfish that looks like oh, a an erect penis with a face
0: <laughs> <laughs> that is terrifying oh man and then, we went from sustainable dildos last week to whatever that is
1: okay second to last one and nelly assures me that this looks awesome and that she wants it for her birthday uh Flush and frenzy
0: it's oh, a game where you plunge man. the
1: toilet and the poop shoots out and i guess you wow. win if
0: the poop shoots out i don't know maybe you lose it honestly looks kind of like a um like a like a breakfast sausage yeah
1: now this next one, I actually have memories of getting a variation of this from the ice cream truck when I was a kid. The Philip Morris bubblegum cigarettes <laughs> and lighter. And you would put a battery in the lighter and it would have real light. And the bubblegum cigarettes had flour in between the this bubblegum and the, mm-hmm. the paper casing.
0: So if you put it in your mm-hmm. mouth and blue, it looked like smoke was coming out the end. Mm-hmm. Teaching kids to smoke. Man, isn't it crazy that like, I mean, by the time our kids are parents, like smoking just probably won't exist. I mean, when I was a kid, like literally everyone in my family smoked, both my
1: parents, my grandparents, all my aunts and uncles, like smoking was just a way of life. Mm -hmm. And then there was that big campaign in the 80s to stop smoking. And I think I like was an obnoxious little kid and I guilted my parents into quitting, which, you know, Mm -hmm. fair enough. And they eventually did. And I think that's that's really good. But like, like literally everybody in my family smoked when I was a kid. Yeah.
0: That's why it's it's
1: a dark brown. (laughs) They were going to be that color anyways. Why not just start them off that way?
0: It's kind of wild when you think about the things today, you know, people are very fatalistic about change. Like, Oh man, these are intractable intractable problems. And there's no way that we're going to people, I think like kind of lose hope. And it's like, well, look at smoking. (laughs) I mean, that was like, it's just improbable that it happened so fast, but it did, you know? Yeah. It's, I mean, it, literally going from, I don't know what the numbers are. I'm going to pull this out of my ass, but like 80% yeah. people of adults smoking to like, basically you just don't see it anymore.
1: You know, people, they, a lot of people will mock the fact that cigarettes aren't in movies anymore. And you know, like not even villains can smoke if the movie is for kids, but really it's important. You know, you don't set that mm-hmm. up as a paradigm for kids to imitate and they don't.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, I mean, I think some variation on it's always going to exist. And now vaping is the new thing where you get like hyper addicted to nicotine.
0: But mm-hmm. um yeah. hey, whatever. I mean, people are going to be addicted to substances one way or the other. But at least let's have our substances like be like, let them be addicted to the chemical and not put a bunch of shit in it. Right? <laughs> yeah, no and, with, you know. and with vaping, I guess we don't really know exactly what's in it. Um, but God, it can't be worse than cigarettes <laughs>
1: yeah. they're like right. let's get every every harmful chemical we can find yeah and wrap it in some paper with some mic- nicotine yeah.
0: that one never we'll made sense me. like let's just put all this <laughs> other stuff in there like i don't know i don't know let's move on to legos dave
1: all right i That's am a big not. big lego fan i'm actually in the process of organizing my legos which i've been doing for a month and i've like barely made a uh a dent in my lego collection so uh but they're really high quality so if i got legos from right now as a kid they're still going to work really well with the newer legos mm-hmm. and there's some really detailed sets you know if i need to relax and i got a big giant lego set like that's gonna that's gonna help me more than anything just constantly so legos on are your them. cigarettes yeah yeah and i'm actually going to go out tomorrow and buy uh the lego r2d2 that's being released but uh there's some really great lego sets uh, they have these things called modulars, so you could basically mm-hmm. build a neighborhood. So I have a gigantic neighborhood's worth of Lego sets, and right now I have the high-end setup, and the slums are still packed in the garage. But uh, uh, it's they're really cool. They're, like, su- super detailed, and, you know, I kind of compare it. My, my grandpa used to build models, and it's sort of this, mm-hmm. along the same lines, you know. Mm-hmm. And then something I always like to do, too, is I will... Kind of create my own thing like there's no lego set for the x-files but i created like molder's office mm-hmm. and i got a little Mulder and scully
0: and i put them in there so how are you organizing them uh by color so, so wait, are you organizing the pieces or do you keep them in their sets uh, i used to keep them in
1: keep a lot of them in their sets now anything that's not up is getting broken down and organized because i just Whoa. don't have
0: room i have a lot less and, room
1: for legos in my new house
0: and then what you do is you go and get the instructions online and then, mm-hmm. if you say if you want to rebuild something, yeah, you get the instructions online, and then you just go to your like set library or your piece library. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's not it's not that organized yet,
1: <laughs> but, but it uh, will be eventually. So, I have a Saturn V rocket, which is as tall as Nelly when I bought it. It's mm-hmm. like literally almost four feet tall. It's gigantic. Do they have SpaceX
0: in Lego? Not Can yet. You get it
1: like a like a heavy. Uh, what is it called? Falcon Heavy. Not yet. They have a, there's a a thing called Lego ideas where people will create their own idea for a Lego Mm -hmm. set, throw it up on a website, and if it's 10,000 votes, then it goes into a pool of sets to be reviewed by Lego and they decide which ones they want to make. And there's a SpaceX one that's up for review, the Falcon Heavy. Nice. I have a Voltron one that actually comes apart into the different lions and you can either (laughs) have them in the lion form or in the giant robot form. Nice. And then my most recent big purchase was it's an it's a nintendo that comes with a tv and so it has like a nintendo cartridge that you can pop into the nintendo and then the tv has uh, mario brothers on it and you turn a little crank and it goes around and like mario runs along and jumps and stuff but they you know they have some gigantic sets there's the Colosseum set that recently came out which is the biggest set ever wow and that was over nine thousand
0: pieces damn like that's so huge and the Millennium Falcon is seventy five hundred. I remember you for years trying to get Eric to buy you that. Yeah,
1: I, I get it. It's eight hundred dollars, and you know,
0: we we don't we don't have
1: that kind of relationship. He, he's only a part time lover. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so has got Hogwarts, the Taj Mahal. Hogwarts is more than the Taj Mahal. Now Hogwarts is pretty crazy because there's lots of so the
1: the thing the difference between Hogwarts and the Taj Mahal is Taj Mahal is all exterior. Mm-hmm. So there's not like a lot of interior stuff. Mm-hmm. Whereas Hogwarts, when you flip it around to the backside, there's all these scenes inside the castle from different parts of the movies. And mm-hmm. there's these itty bitty tiny figures that go in there. Mm-hmm. Um, and the Hogwarts sets nuts. I actually have that one too. I bought it when nice. I was in San Diego without my family. Cause I needed something to do. <laughs> <laughs> what is Ninjago gardens? So Ninjago is like this Lego brand they have. Uh, It's sort of, they made it up. It's these ninja guys. But they've been coming out with these modular type Ninjago sets that are so packed with stuff, it's insane. there would be like a sushi shop, and they're all kind of like Japanese themed. Uh, Hmm. There's like a sushi shop and a skateboarding shop right next to it. But like the amount of detail is... Uh, you know, if, if, if most Lego sets have, like, a detail level of 10, like, the detail mm-hmm. in these goes up to, like, 20, it's nuts. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think one of the things that makes them so successful is, it's you know, they're regarded as the Lego system. So any Lego piece you have is going to fit with the other pieces. It's not going to mm-hmm. be, like, out of scale or, yeah, uh, you know, n- not connected together. So a lot of times, you know, something that doesn't necessarily look useful, you can do some really complex building techniques to get what you want. Uh,
0: A couple of months ago, I was playing with my nephew who had a bunch of Lego parts and I was realizing Mm -hmm. that um, there are a lot of useless parts Uh, and it made me think about my childhood and useless parts that I encountered. And so the ones that stand (laughs) in my mind, are the, the moon surface, which has, which is cool and all, but it's, it's a square and it has some craters and stuff, but there's not a lot of actually like building area and. There aren't that many scenarios where you you need craters.
1: See, and the better solution to that is they released a lunar lander a few years back. And the lunar surface is modeled and you build the lunar surface. Yeah. And so there's lots of features and stuff, but it's all built. And that's just way cooler than having just a straight up one piece plate. Exactly.
0: Uh, The the boat hull. So I had a (laughs) police boat, but the boat hull. Like once you, if you were to, again, build it, then... It's cooler because you can use the existing parts. But I guess the point of all this is that these one piece, these bigger pieces that you can't reuse, they're just useless.
1: Yeah. You you put
0: gotcha. radar dish on the list. And
1: I got to say, LEGO, Lego figures use radar dishes way more than anybody does in real life. Yeah. <laughs> like whenever there's any sort of set that has like technology and stuff, it's like, oh shit, we got to put a radar dish on the top.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> what is Jack Stone? So Jack Stone was lego's misguided attempt to like appeal to older kids back like 20 years ago and it was this it didn't really fit the system and so it wasn't a minifigure it was bigger and it had sort of a human-like face Uh and so it was too big and it just was really Uh bad and so jack stone sets are notorious for just being like really ugly and useless and nobody likes them are they going to become collector's items
0: no Only masochists collect Jack, Jack Stone. <laughs> Let's move on to Transformers.
1: So I when I remember when Michael Bay started making his Transformer movies. Like his aesthetic is, they're all super complicated, right? Yeah. And it's like all these like blades and, you know, these pieces. They don't really make a lot of visual sense. And the Transformers that got released with those movies didn't transform. And I got to say, what's the point? Exactly. Like I built up some serious fingers dexterity transforming my transformers when I was a kid.
0: The primary thing was they were supposed to resemble something from the real world, like <laughs> a car. And like if they didn't look like a car, then it's not a transformer. Like Optimus Prime is cool only because he turns into a goddamn semi truck. <laughs> yes, I don't want a, just another robot if it doesn't turn into a semi truck. Yeah.
1: So and then there was Megatron. And Megatron would change from a gigantic robot to a gun, which made sense when when you're, like, holding the toy because it's about the size of a gun to begin with. You transform it, it's a gun, it's got, like, a sight on the top. Uh, but in the cartoon, he would transform from a giant robot to, like, a gun that one
0: of the characters could hold. So he would literally shrink. But he'd have to be held by a character. Like, Optimus yeah. Prime is cool because he can drive <laughs> himself. You know? like yeah. What if there's it, no one around and you're Megatron and then you're a gun and then no one can shoot you? And they figured out that
1: you know having a, having a kid's toys transform into realistic guns probably wasn't the best
0: the best policy. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, especially not today. Please do not give kids anything that resembles a real gun. <laughs> um, so
1: I remember I saved up twenty five bucks and I ordered Optimus Prime by mail and I remember going mm-hmm. over to the post office and picking him up. They came in like this plain cardboard box. And I
0: don't know what happened to Optimus. My mom says she didn't throw him away, but I haven't seen him in
1: a long, long time.
0: Uh, so G.I. Joe's, they all wore personalized uniforms. Uh, as you pointed out, missing the point of uniform. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> and honestly, the end result of that is they looked like a very, very large cover band from uh, of the village people. <laughs>
0: I mean, the idea, wasn't it that like they were all part of like different special forces and they were kind of coming together?
1: Yeah, but how many special forces are there?
0: <laughs> I remember there was like a karate guy and he would be
1: running in the snow barefoot wearing just pants. Like, I'm going to do karate in the snow.
0: <laughs> hey, man, it's aspirational. It's how society should be. Like, we should have a million <laughs> special forces for everything. There, there was like a guy who came
1: in a big dive suit and he was supposed to work under the ocean. But he always wore the dive suit. Like he'd be in a briefing. It wasn't like he was wearing, you know, the, his, his street clothes or a, a lighter uniform. Like he was still wearing the dive suit and just like in case he needed to flip that helmet and go fight someone underwater <laughs> right now. Oh, man. But I had a, 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 a my, one of my big GI Joe memories is I bought Zartan at, at like Walmart. Mm-hmm. And Zartan was cool because his face would come off and you could replace it with another face. Uh-huh. So he was still wearing like his, his S outfit, <laughs> but he had a different face, which would fool everybody. And I remember Zartan's legs twisted off on the way home, and then yeah. So his torso was the bad guy in my in my
0: play scenarios. Uh, uh, so we got action figures for kids of non from non kids movies. Rambo, so, <laughs> so <I> had, this, <laughs> which is a, which is not a kids movie at all.
1: Well, really, I mean, I've ever watched Rambo a couple of years ago. And really, it is like an adult drama. There is action, but it's very much about like the trauma of being in Vietnam and the trauma yeah. That, that, yeah. that that war le- levied on the country. Mm-hmm. And of course, I got this Rambo action figure. He came with a machine gun and like a <laughs> a thing of bullets that would go over his shoulder. He had a knife that would actually come in and out of the sheath that was strapped to his leg, and you could put on and off his little headband and stuff to go like, I guess, fight the sheriff or something. But I remember I went to my parents went to a party, and only after they got there did they realize it wasn't a Christmas party. It was like a, just like a a non non specific party for uh, it was being put on by Jehovah's Witnesses, <laughs> and the parents were supposed to all bring wrapped presents for their kids, and the Pink Panther was going to show up and hand them out. So. <laughs> The Pink Panther shows up and he's handing out presents and all the kids are getting like crayons. and. Uh, but, you know, the Jehovah's Witnesses kids weren't allowed to have anything like violence, so no guns, no action figures or anything. Uh, so the Pink Panther pulls out this present and gives it to me. I open it up and it's fucking like <laughs> super mercenary action figure. And of course, all the other kids, that's all they wanted to play with is Rambo.
0: Oh, man, you, you won like the Jehovah's Witness uh, lottery there. I did. get lucky. Yeah, that's amazing. And my parents were kind
1: of like, I'm sure, very embarrassed because. <laughs> but I had that Rambo for years. I think
0: I still have the knife somewhere because it's so cool how it goes <laughs> in and out of the sheath. <laughs> so there's also action figures uh, in the 80s and 90s for RoboCop, Terminator, and Commando, which leads me to wonder, like, why were kids watching RoboCop? Like,
1: <laughs> like I, I, mean, can, right? I can,
0: I Im- can. I can imagine a near future in a few years where Marlo's eight. I wouldn't let her watch RoboCop, but like we were eight watching RoboCop. Parents, what were you thinking? And that is like, even by today's standards,
1: that is a violent, violent movie. I mean, the guy literally gets shot to pieces. At one point, a guy falls out a window and he's melting because he falls like a vat of acid falls on him. He gets hit by a car and explodes all over the car. (laughs) And there's little bits of him on the windshield.
0: Oh, my God. This is why we're so messed up. Yes. So Star Wars toys. Uh, shout out to all the moms <laughs> that threw out all those original sets in the 80s. <laughs> <laughs> if only these adult men still had these sets. Oh, man. They'd all would be, be rich. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and now when
1: the original Star Wars toys came out, they were not ready by Christmas. Mm-hmm. And so parents could purchase. It was like a cardboard standee. That had spots to stand the action figures on, and a promise that the kids are going to be made of the Star Wars figures. No,
0: no way. <laughs> no figures included at all. No way. That is jacked up. Can you imagine that? I would have been pissed.
1: <laughs> it's like, oh, thank you for the promise of Star Wars figures at some point in the future.
0: <laughs> so. So my friend Scott still has a stash of, of original Star Wars toys. Like I remember recently within the last two years, he had found like a giant, um, it wasn't an X-wing. It was maybe like an, um, like a Y-wing. Mm-hmm. In any case, doesn't matter. But he like found it at his, in his parents' house. That's like awesome. in a place. I don't know. I don't remember if he had stashed it. And so only he knew where it was, but <laughs> he's no, like 39 years old. And he like, <laughs> like went and retrieved it from his parents he house Hid it in the wall next to the bodies it's <laughs> amazing Oh, uh, but i think the, the greatest thing about star wars toys is that we really thought when phantom menace came out that like <laughs> that shit was going to be worth something someday so we bought all of them we would drive like 35 miles up to natomas to the walmart and it's not like we had any money. What a no. waste of time. What a waste of time and money.
1: <laughs> no, I'm the equivalent still... now, like
0: if I was spending the same
1: percentage of my income now on Star <laughs> Wars toys that I was back then, I would be by like crates and crates of them. <laughs> oh man. Like, we were not rich individuals. I mean, it wasn't like we had we weren't trust fund babies. Like we worked at Pizza Hut and Mervyn's. Yeah. Rick Olay. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I'm blaming Rick Olay. Yeah. Captain Panaka. and those bastards. Ori Mandel. Do you remember for a while we were collecting homies? Oh, the
1: homies are awesome. I, I can't figure out if they're racist or not. I think they probably are.
0: I would say they probably are.
1: Yeah. I don't think we collected them in a racist way. We collected them
0: because they were just kind of funny. They were cool. Well, they were, they were in the gumball machines. Yes. And whenever you go out to dinner, like, and we were living in Davis at the time. So I remember one night we were at the grad, <laughs> the grad in Davis is like a, like typical college bar, like dance spot or whatever, but it was in kind of this like enclosed mall. So you could exit into the mall and right at the exit, there mm-hmm. was a, like a classic old school gumball machine that had the homies in it. So it was like, every time you come out of the grad, just pop a quarter in there, get a homie and you're on your way, which RIP the grad and went out of business a couple of years. Wait, before. what? Yep No <laughs> Oh man Not that I'd ever go there again But Yeah I feel like the world is a uh, A less interesting place Without the god. But you y-
1: y- know Homies were pretty inclusive though There were homies of all the- All different races mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. There were homies All dressed up dapper With suits and ties <laughs> And some of them Were just wearing t-shirts Homies in wheelchairs um, Older Amen. homies Young homies And then the sequel to homies Hoodhounds
0: <laughs> They really anticipated where society was going, so (laughs) shout out to the homies. All right, Dave, top five old-school video games. All right, what's your top five? Well, I put a couple down here. Uh, The pole position down at the Roundtable Pizza.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: That Roundtable was the bomb.
1: It had all these video game things that you could play. mm -hmm. And I remember, you know, you get those clear plastic cups, fill Mm -hmm. it up with suicide soda, and... (laughs) go play some pole position or Rad racer
0: coming in at number four baseball stars now, was that, that was that an dope. arcade machine or was that a <laughs> no like that nintendo was like game? that was nintendo 64 i believe now did that have the actual no no no. Names? no it was it was uh it was it was original nintendo sorry did it have the actual player names or was it like you could make up your own player names okay that's amazing <laughs> loved it uh mutant league football nice did you ever that play was... that yeah, that was
1: like an awesome version of football, where like <laughs> the offensive line when they tackled
0: somebody would like rip them in half. Exactly. Yeah, I just love that you could play in different stadiums, and they'd be like one would be on like an asteroid, and the other would be like <laughs> in hell, and the other one would be like there'd just be vampires in the crowd. It was amazing. Uh, Castlevania, classic game. That was awesome. With your I remember, I remember playing Mist a lot on uh, on our Mac. Yes, Our that old was old school Mac. Mist was yeah. like was like all the rage for a while. I think it was required if you
1: had a computer in the 90s, you had to have at least a cop one copy of Mist. <laughs> and I never could figure out Mist. It was like insanely complicated. I would play yeah. it for like two hours and not get anywhere and get bored. So I remember I used to play King's Quest on the computer, which was cool. And I remember one of my King's Quest games came on mixed floppy discs. So it came on. <laughs> Uh, nine of the five and a quarter floppy disks that were like big (laughs) and actually kind of floppy. And then the 10th disk was the three and a half one. And so you had to have both drives if you wanted to play the game. (laughs) And sometimes the disk wouldn't work. And if that happened, then you know, you were SOL and you couldn't continue. Mm -hmm. Uh, Mike Tyson's punch out, which they eventually removed Mike Tyson from, which is lame.
0: (laughs) What after he bit off uh, the ear. No, it was way
1: before that. It was when he beat Robin
0: Givens. Oh yeah. Well, Okay. That's legit. Uh, Excite bike. Oh, yeah.
1: That was cool because you could design your own
0: courses. That's I mean, any. So a common thread through these is like being a have some sort of user control. Yeah. Like that made a game like that took it to the next level.
1: So and I'll say somebody stole my excite bike. And if you're the perpetrator who stole my excite bike and you're listening to this. (laughs) I don't forgive you. Dave's gonna fuck you up. <laughs> Dave's gonna find you. <laughs> f- you up. Okay, uh, Wing Commander. <laughs> so this was a little bit later, and I it was actually Wing Commander three that I played, and they had Mark Hamill come in, and it was like this game that had full motion video cutscenes and stuff. Mm-hmm. But like you'd say like, okay, walk to this part of the spaceship, and like an animated Mark Hamill would walk across the screen, and it looked, mm-hmm. weird. um, and that was that was just a really dope game. Yeah, nice. uh, and then Mech Warrior three, and I'm gonna give a shout out to Dan Lemus here because we would form these teams, and everybody else would stop playing, and he would play as everybody else's characters
0: to like beef up the team. Nice, nice. Dan Dan Lemus going the extra mile. Yep, Dan was awesome. What's up, Dan? Uh, so we got trading cards. Uh, obviously, baseball cards. Yes. So <laughs> we
1: used to trade. We used to agonize over trades
0: for hours. I know. And it was like never that cool. Like yeah. it was ended up being kind of like a lackluster trade, but uh I just made I made up one off the top of my head the other day. I was at the park with the kids and I was like, I'm gonna make up some names. So Dave, <laughs> I'm gonna trade you an eighty-seven <laughs> tops, Durbo D. McLaren for your ninety-four OPC, Carl Gruffweiler. <laughs> Will you make that trade?
1: <laughs> oh man, I don't know. That Carl Guff, Gruffweiler is a is a rookie card, so I think yeah.
0: He but needs... uh, yeah, but Durbo D never had a season like he did in '87, man.
1: Yeah, you got to throw in a, a a Benny Bondish, okay? <laughs> deal, <laughs> deal. Uh, Dickie Thon and uh, Dave Rigetti. I had many Dickie Thon and Dave Rigetti cards.
0: <laughs> oh shit, you're going like deep '90s on me. Uh, yeah. the Billy Ripken face yeah. card classic. <laughs> I remember there were like five versions of the card. They like,
1: there's the original one where he was holding the bat up and you could see where it said, it so said, yeah. just give everybody up to date. Somebody probably Billy had written the words face yeah. on the butt of the bat. So when he <laughs> stood there to pose for the baseball card, he was holding it with like it on his shoulder and you could see the bottom of the bat and that made it onto the card. Uh, And so then they they released like a version where it was blurred out and one with a white square, one with a black square. And like all these different versions of the cards were worth different amounts.
0: See, The tops, I think, was the original, right? And then Donruss was the contender. And then in the 80s and 90s, like baseball cards became like uh, it was basically like a bubble, right? Like speculation, like the value went up and all of a sudden you had all of these other crazy like upper deck and Fleer and then and like the foil, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, OPG, which was like sometimes they would look like the darn cards from that year, and sometimes they look like tops, and it would be close enough to where you would almost be fooled. And then you'd look and be like, ah, oh, this is like Canadian OPG, nobody
0: <laughs> wants this stuff. again, Canadians,
1: yeah. Um, but you know, now you like, you, I, I was looking at baseball cards in the store to research this episode, and it was like. Get a pack of five cards for twenty five dollars, and one of them oh, may come with, with dirt from the the ground of the World Series two years ago, or a a piece a, a clipped off piece of unicorn from a rod.
0: <laughs> you can get like, like uh, I'm trying to think of a baseball player now. I can't even think of one. Buster Posey, I guess. Yeah. Uh, uh, oh no! Who's um? Who's the who's the dude on the Dodgers? Uh, Mookie Betts. You Mookie. can get like, like part of Mookie Betts' jockstrap <laughs> <laughs> with with ball sweat in ta- ball yeah. sweat intact. Authentic ball sweat. <laughs> so adults ruining it for kids. Are you talking in general about just collecting, like? Well, I guess I'm a little bit
1: salty because, like, I had fun collecting baseball cards when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. And now it's not something kids can even afford. Like it is a total mm-hmm. adult uh like a kid can't go to the store and buy buy a pack of bubblegum and cards for a dollar. Like it's gonna be way too expensive. And I don't know. It's 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 turned into this big like collectibles
0: race. I mean, they just collect different things. Like yeah. you know, Marlo's five and a half and she I guess is collecting LOL surprise. Although she <laughs> kind of she kind of stopped. Yeah. But for a while, she was like, you know, because it has the same sort of scarcity built into it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you're looking for the rare ones or the ultra rare. Yeah. They have different accessories. And it's it's not fair that I say that because I collect a lot of stuff too. Um, but
1: like, I don't know. I just remember, and I think it started with Upper Deck. Like the cards all of a sudden got really expensive and it wasn't about mm-hmm. finding the card or your favorite player or whatever. It was about mm-hmm. like, how much money do I have in these cards?
0: Yeah. I don't
1: yeah. Know. It became so speculation.
0: I, yeah. But in general, I think there's always been collectibles. Adults yeah. have always collected. Yes. But collect, I think collectibles now encompassing toys is a relatively new phenomenon. Mm-hmm. You know, it changes it a bit. Yeah. It's not all innocent. Right. Because mm-hmm. anything adults do is going to be like part of it is about the money. Well, and you know, w- there's other collectibles. I you know, I have a
1: modest Funko Pop collection. We have talked about those before. But don't
0: actually. those have value too? Like don't they, you collect rare ones?
1: They do. I don't really stress about the rare stuff. I'd like if there's one that I like from a character, or, mm-hmm. you know, movie property or something, I'll I'll grab that. Um, but like a lot of them are really hard to find because yeah, they do. Mm-hmm. They get a lot of value and there's a lot of resellers who will like sell them on eBay. I'm ready for the the Funko pop crash where mm-hmm. like how beanie babies crashed have you seen um it's a picture of a guy and a woman and it's at their divorce and in court <laughs> and they've dumped all their beanie ba- babies out in a pile in the middle of the courtroom <laughs> and they're dividing the pile up for the divorce settlement i mean never collect the same thing as your spouse that's rule number one <laughs> see i'm lucky brawn doesn't collect anything like she is just She's, like, totally detached from, like, material things. I collect all sorts of shit. I collect Legos and books and Funkos and, you mm-hmm. know, and, like, Brahmin, she just she's not into that. So what do we think is the future of toys? Well, I mean, like, Nelly has two dollhouses in her room. And she mm-hmm. doesn't play with those nearly as much as she plays, like, Minecraft or mm-hmm. um, The Sims or something. And when she plays those games, she plays them as a dollhouse. Mm -hmm. like she will make people go around everybody gets rolls and they do stuff they go about their lives they make dinner Mm -hmm. um you know there's these ipad games where it's like this little world and you can move the little people around and change their clothes and stuff and it's really the same concept of the dollhouse Mm -hmm. but it's digital you know from an early age she had like leapfrogs that you know she would learn learn to use but she didn't really play with the leapfrog so much as like imitate me she'd be like oh look i'm on my laptop but yeah she definitely likes all of the
0: like iphone games and ipad games
1: mm-hmm.
0: yeah i wonder about this a lot i do think that part of like if we're talking about kids toys it's modeling right so i think kids do see what you do and they <laughs> want to emulate that yeah so yeah them wanting to have tablets and mm-hmm. wanting to be on the phone and play games i think does extend from like our own addictions Yep. But I think, it, you know, I see for kids' toys that it's a mix. I don't think that physical kids' toys are ever going to go away. I think that they are going to incorporate, like, obviously, like, kids' toys have incorporated electronics for 50 years or more. Yeah. But I think more and more, it will just employ robotics and AI software. Well, and,
1: you know, I've watched Nelly sit and color a cardboard box into a restaurant for hours,
0: mm-hmm.
1: right? Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's another, she likes to be creative. And I think the toys that enable that are probably going to be the ones that really have longevity. Mm -hmm.
0: You know, like the ability to use technology in a smart way to sort Mm -hmm. of enable learning. I mean, right now, I think we're just seeing the sort of cusp of it, right? Marlo has this app called Homer. And it's like a learn, it's super simple. It's just like a learning app. (laughs) um but it has some interactive features and she really loves that and so i just think more and more like like rather than just bemoaning screen time like i think parents will see the benefit to having these interactive mm. like features right so that they they feel like entertainment they feel like toys but they're actually learning like sneaking that learning in where you can i mean we used to do that with on, on TV, right? Like we watched yeah. a lot of cartoons, but a lot of it was educational. Right. And I think that yeah. extends to apps now. Um, and it extends to the toys they play with, like, b- like being able to get a doll that has like some level of AI that can mm-hmm. like um, interact and like respond, like helps them build empathy. You know, I think that there's smart ways to use this technology to, help them grow and develop those skills. Reminded me a little bit of the movie AI
1: where Mm -hmm. um, like there's the teddy bear that follows the main character. Mm -hmm. He's like Mm -hmm. this, this proto sentient teddy bear. Uh
0: (laughs) Yeah. I wonder a lot about robots. Like where, you know, I think when we were kids, we were promised robots, like that we would (laughs) have robots in our house. Like, Literal robots that would be part of the family, and that obviously hasn't come to fruition, ex- unless you count Roomba. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, at one point, like maybe that's what kid, what, what? Think about like for only kids, right? Mm-hmm. Like parents that can't have a second kid, and your kid, and your kid really, really wants a sister or a brother. Get a robot.
1: <laughs> I know, no, she, she's never forgiven us for not having a, a twin with her. <laughs>
0: like that was something you could control
1: yeah damn it mom and dad she's like their name
0: would also be nelly (laughs) it's an extra in case something happens so there's a couple things here i think from a one thing as a parent that i I think before i had a kid i was like oh man i'm not gonna get all those toys like all that stuff is crap it's just junk and then when you're a parent you realize the sort of like inertia of everything like there's Mm -hmm. only so much that you can fight that yeah. Um but there's so much crap. Oh like, man. Like a lot of the kids toys like talk about like Ryan's World, like that stuff they, is just crap.
1: And I just want to say something about Ryan's World. The toys that they put out are the absolute bottom of the barrel, jankiest shit you're ever going to find, and they're really expensive.
0: <laughs> they should not be a model for other uh no. uh YouTube stars that want to put out toys. But that kid makes like millions of dollars. It, yeah. Yeah. He's like I the don't the high, one of the higher gonna... earning YouTube stars that's out yeah. there. I blame his parents. Yeah. But anyway, like from a sustainability perspective, there's just so much crap. And most yeah. of it is like comes in packaging and it, it's kind of just a nightmare from a waste perspective. But more and more, I'm like, I feel like I'm turning into parents from our generation. It's like, uh, <laughs> you don't need any toys, go in the backyard with this cardboard box and like figure it out. Yeah. <laughs> from
1: Toy story had it right, reuse, combine, get creative. They're not sentient yet. Like, you're not going to make them sad because you make them ugly. Make them into what you want. Have yeah. some fun.
0: Yeah. I mean, kids are resilient, you know, and they'll they'll have fun no matter what. Yeah. Um, but then there's this other line, which is like, what is the future of adult toys? Of, of uh, you know, like you talk about Funko Pops and all these collectibles. Mm-hmm. Um, the $800 Optimus Prime. Yeah. Like, are physical collectibles, like, going to be a thing in 20 years for adults? Or... Mm-hmm is it going to move towards a digital model? Like think about NFTs and kind of how NFTs are this sort of ascendant technology, which NFTs have the worst name ever. (laughs) And when you really think about it, it's kind of ridiculous, but the concept is there, right? Which is Mm -hmm. that, um, is there a way for us to have like authentic digital collectibles and make it sustainable?
1: So that's already starting. You can I know there's an app you can download that has Star Wars trading cards on it,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and it's all like non fungible tokens. So like mm-hmm. you have that card and it's the only one like that. Yeah. But, uh, like for the more common ones, if you collect a thousand green Han Solos, then you get a gold Han Solo. Like yeah. And yeah. so they have built into like this new infrastructure for encouraging you you to collect lots of these things. And at the yeah. end of the day, it, it is just a picture on your phone
0: yeah what if you could like um like 3d print some of these things like you can collect them online (laughs) and then 3d print your version if you want to i'm waiting for my
1: 3d printer i really want one and i I would print all kinds of crazy stuff
0: guess what you're getting for christmas this year dave all right (laughs) (laughs) i feel like at the beginning of this podcast uh you're promising, promising me. promising you. It was like we started this in November. It was right before Christmas. And I was promising you all these things. And then I didn't deliver. <laughs> but I feel like we're far enough into the year now where Christmas is only what? Eight months away? Seven months away? I don't know. I don't even know what month it is. But I can start promising you things again. It was, uh, was it? Yeah, it was only last November. We've done a lot of these
1: episodes. I'm, I'm impressed with us.
0: We are the hardest working people in the podcast business. Yes. Give us some some of that sweet, sweet sponsor money. Give us the money. <laughs> <laughs> so next week, Dave, I think we're going to, we're going to, hopefully this will work out, but we're, we're hoping to interview Christopher Burns, the yes. mastermind be- behind Tawny Frogmouth, the band who was so kind enough to, um to basically gift us a theme song. Um, and we're going to try to make that work next week. And he and- might bring some of his sweet, sweet musical genius onto the show.
1: And were we going to do the apocalypse bracket?
0: We are. All right. So
1: explain this concept. We've come up with a list of 32 apocalypses. (laughs) We're going to rate them based on different criteria uh, and then face them off head to head. And I was thinking we could have, you know, you and I rate them and Christopher could rate them. Um, But they're varied. You know, it goes from an asteroid to Kaiju to Kaiju. Apocalypse by (laughs) (laughs) Kaiju. Oh, Kaiju.
0: All right, man. On that note, I am the sexy gremlin from Gremlins 2, the new batch. And I am E. Pluribus Uma Thurman. <laughs> and we are Planet of the Meerkats. Planet of the Meerkats is produced by Neil Fries and David Garrison. And our theme music is by Tawny Frogmouth.